DJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Countdown to the Rose Bowl is on. PK is in Pasadena for the game. Unrivaled will be broadcasting from Southern California as well. And we've got multiple questions. Uh, We were just talking about Oregon, how bad that was and how disappointing that was for the Pac-12. But let's look forward, not back, PK. Are these the good old days for Utah football, or are there more to come? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it'll be in here that you'll be called a troll. (laughs) I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, I think the answer is, tell me how long Kyle Winningham is going to coach the team for. Uh, There'll be announcements Saturday night. (laughs) About what? (laughs) Love how you do that. Extension. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you're gonna earn this this trolling stuff. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm having fun. Come on, ninety percent of the people get me. The other ten percent are still trying to figure it out and probably never get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, the, the, see, that's the mark of a program, though, because you just look at the other side. They've gone through coaching changes. Yep. In. Ten and three is that called missing a beat? I'll take that. If that's called missing a beat, if they should lose this game, or eleven and two, if they should win it, if that's missing a beat, sign me up, right? Uh, so I think that that's what the goal here is. Even with Kyle stepping aside at some point, I mean, it's funny, man. He's sixty-two, and it's like we're putting the guy out to pasture <laughs> with this retirement talk, and I and I certainly. Uh, don't think that he's going to retire. I mean, but everyone reserves the right to change their minds or make a decision. And I don't know that he would be changing his mind because I don't know that it is necessarily he's committed uh, to doing this or that. But I'm very, I'm extremely confident in saying that he's going to be coaching next year in conversations that I've had with the man himself. Uh, but at the same time, I, heck, I'm never ruling out ever. You, you very rarely hear me say, "Oh, this is going to happen." You know, there's as it as it progresses, like with the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, I said, "Hey, there's a pretty good chance, pretty good chance." Okay, and then when we got down to the final few days, it's like, "Yeah, this is going to happen." Uh, and, and that that's where we're with with that and other stories. I mean, I I came out uh, probably a month before. Dave Rose stepped down, and I had heard uh, there's a pretty good chance that this is going to be it. But I never really said he's done until they put out the actual, well, we're going to have a press conference today. But, you know, I had heard, obviously, and I know Dave very well, that that this was likely going to be it. But I'm not hearing that from Kyle. But even still, I can't use that as an Right. But when I I bring it up, I'm looking further down the road. Because yeah, I think the way the things, of a program, the though. way these things pay off, right? But when you change the head coach in college football, anything can happen. You can be Utah and you can hit on three head coaching hires in a row, and we know <clears throat> because we can look back now over thirty years and say they hit on Ron McBride, that was a huge win. They hit on Urban Meyer, that was a huge win. They hit on Kyle Winningham, that was a huge win. Now Boise State, I think they got like five coaches deep. Now they just had a five-loss season, so we'll see if they're finally about to miss. 
but other programs have missed completely. Oklahoma hit on back-to-back, then swung and missed a couple times in the 90s, and now they've come back and hit on two more hires, and we're going to see if they're going to hit on a third in a row. Okay, but the 90s might as well be the 20s. In terms I get it, but when, you look it at, but when you look at programs, because you're talking about Utah being established as an elite program. Pac, an elite Pac-12 program. Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean an elite national program, but as an elite Pac-12 program. And I also believe if you've hit on two, then it ought to be easier to hit on three. If you've hit on three, it ought to be easier to hit on four and so forth down the line. So there the change is that the guy who hired the last three coaches isn't hiring coaches anymore. There's a new AD. But and, there's ne- it's never been easier to get a quality coach. Utah literally has everything it needs to be because there's a, a big time there's program. a pecking order and you write the check and you get somebody who's run a program that didn't have as much money but they've run it well and they've won at the level they're at that's what you're saying and they've got they've got everything they need now they and they they and Kyle has talked about this uh progressively from 2011 fast forward here to about entered 2022 in terms of getting in the door now getting in the door of a kid's house is like no big deal that's not where it's at anymore he's and he's spoken about that so i can't think of anything that they don't have what what do you want if you're a kid they're not going to get everybody obviously but what are you looking for Whatever your checklist is, and your checklist, four, five-star, three-star recruit, your checklist is going to be different from your buddy's checklist, and his checklist is going to be different from the next guy, right? Although they're going to have some commonality, but there may be some differences. Whatever those checklists are, uh, acknowledging that there may be differences over the course of 25 kids that you sign, Utah has it. So Mark Harlan if he's there at the time of Kyle's retirement, it should never be easier for him to hit on the next coach. And that's the whole point here. Is this, are these the good old days? Now you look at these teams in the South, uh, Arizona under Richrod, those were the good old days, <laughs> even though he was tough to be around and all that stuff. And Jim Moore had a little run, right? And Mike McIntyre had a little run. And Todd Graham had a little run. All those guys are gone. <laughs> so, in a sense, in a small snapshot of a picture, those were the good old days. They couldn't sustain it. Well, Utah has sustained the level of those programs in the South. Now, the good old days for SC, that's – that's a higher plane. I'm not necessarily taking all, uh, a national program year in and year out, but in my mind, a competitive program in the South Division year in and year out? Absolutely. When you look at Kyle's track record and you look at three years, and he's all about you know finding the kids he believes in and developing them, and if they happen to be two stars, so be it, and if they happen to be four stars, so be it, but they're the they're the they're the high school players, now transfers also, that he believes in and then develop those players. And every three years, the program's gotten better. Those first three years, they were barely over 500, but they're over 500, they're bowl eligible to Mountain West. The last three years, they barely lost. His last three years, he was, I think, 33-6. and six. And then you get into the Pac-12 conference, and the first three years, he's got one bowl bid and competes one time for a division title. The next three years, it's 9 and 10 wins, and he's competing but not winning the division every year. 
And then the next three-year cycle, he wins the division twice, but not the conference. And now here we are in another three-year cycle, and he's won the conference. It's always upgrading. It's always incrementally, but clearly better. He hasn't gone backwards yet. So if you're in a Rose Bowl and you're on a bigger stage, and they are and they are, he's cashed in every cycle he's built off, and it's been better. I don't see why you would bet against him now. That, that doesn't make any cat. sense to me. Yeah, and I, it, I agree. And I the agree only 100%. thing people are going to say that is going to that I'm going to be left with a sticking point here is Lincoln Riley is really good. He really knows what he's doing, and SC hasn't had anyone this good running that program since the Utes joined the conference. Okay, I don't have an answer to that, and maybe he's about to go out and do some kind of. Um, Pete Carroll, John Robinson, John McKay type run. That's what that's what USC fans expect. That's what they hope. But he hasn't done it yet. So oh, we'll on, see. Lincoln Riley. I mean, he he gravy trained Bob Stoops. <laughs> you didn't think he did it long enough that was on him at Oklahoma, but not at SC. No, Oklahoma already had it rolling. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Stoops had it rolling, and he continued it rolling. And so to lift up SC, is a, that, that's a different equation. I'll give you that. I have to be consistent. My attitude towards coaching hires is give the man a chance. You give him a three- to four-year run and see where he's at. Mm-hmm. And we hear these hires, and, oh, well, that's not going to be a good hire. Well, how do we know that? And so here, uh, and it's usually from the negative when I always say, give, this, give that man a chance to see what he can do. And it's usually because, oh, that was an underwhelming hire. All right, and while this one is a brand name hire, I got it. You know, you, this, this is a, it was an earth-shattering move. He needed to hit a home run, a, uh, what's his name, Bowen, the AD, and, and he did. Good for him. But what does that mean? All right, you hit a home run. You won the press conference. It's absolutely sensational. This young guy, I think he's only like 38 years old, and and so good for him. But what does that mean? He's going in an area where he's never coached. And, you know, he's recruited the area because everybody recruits the area. But he hasn't recruited the area intensely the way, say, uh, whoever, uh, Freddie Whittingham, I think, is uh, one of the guys responsible for recruiting the area down here. And I'm in L.A. right now. I'm in uh, obviously in the area, getting ready for the ball game. We'll be broadcasting down here today and tomorrow. So I say here, and that's what I mean. And with that in mind, you know, what are his contacts? I I don't rule out a guy's going to stink or be great, so i got to be consistent on this. And sure, it looks like a great hire, but we'll, we'll see what, what he can do because Utah still has some advantages. That, that I think they have advantages that SC doesn't have. Utah's the biggest thing we got in the market when it comes to football. You know, and, and BYU's right there, too. I get that. But here, in, in, in this market, which I'm now sitting in, you know, if, if you are average, you are way, way down. Utah's average, they're still selling out. BYU's average, they're still running 55,000, 60,000 people there. Yeah, and it's night and day. It's night and day with yeah. L.A. And, and yeah. watching these two NFL teams go in there and try to win the market, it's like – Man, you better be really good. Because the thing is, it's not just football. Like, they will turn the page and move on to the Lakers. And if the Lakers are two games under 500, which they are right now, they'll turn the page and move on to the Dodgers. It just keeps coming. Yeah, so let's see what they can do. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I assume Riley's going to do well, but he's got to. And doing well for them, 
is in a different level than doing well for Utah. Uh, that, that that's for sure, and then maybe maybe that'll change with Utah now that they have been doing well. Maybe the South isn't good enough, and if they get to the point where winning the conference isn't good enough, well then wow, you've got it made. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, if if that's where you're at, and uh, here we've got a different set of circumstances that they're now close to achievement. Jerry used to talk about that all the time. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> he said that so many times. <laughs> but he loved to say it because he knew he could end discussions because he's right. I, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Sure, yeah. And I was with that team on the road for years, and it was always a huge, huge deal. Yeah. You go to Albuquerque, Laramie, uh, Houston, Texas, when they played Rice, it was a big, big deal. I had I had an extensive conversation before the game with Gifford Nielsen. He was a sportscaster. He came out for that game. Is he a church leader now? Mm-hmm. And so it was such a big, big deal. The Utes were coming to town. That's why it was so fun to cover his team. He was tough to cover it sometimes. But the players and the attention and all, it was always the biggest thing going on in the communities when the Utes came to town. And that was awesome. And you know, as he would say, and uh, I'm not as good as uh, as Tim Lacombe, but uh, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, you know? Uh, so uh, he had all those sayings. Uh, and when he came to town, his team would wreak havoc. And that <laughs> offense would be very, very good. Nice. Yeah. Come on, just play the hits now. <laughs> and I mean, as long as you had Rydosh running the point guard, and you were fine, even though it was right Alch. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he had it going on. And then Utah's got it going on now in football. And I suspect that it's going to continue, at least to the level where they're an off year is when they're picked third in the South. Will they have an off year? Probably. Injuries, whatnot, re- reload, rebuild, a quarterback doesn't pan out that you anticipated, you know, whatever it might be. But I well, see them with Colorado and no Arizona. Third. Yeah. With Colorado and Arizona struggling so badly, you only have to be in front of either UCLA or ASU, and there you go. Well, yeah, I think, and watch out for Arizona. You know, they had a great recruiting class. They're way excited about that, and maybe he's a fish has established something. It's going to take a couple years for sure, and but that's what we're talking about. We're not, we're talking about, you know, the given long term. Is this, basically, is this a one-shot deal? Uh, I've had a couple of people in the national read media reach out to me and basically say, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> and if Lincoln Riley goes in there and hits a home run, then they're going to be right. You know, and it's it's half the league is sitting on a 20-year um, span without going to the Rose Bowl, right? Washington State's coming up on 20 years from their last game. They're probably not quite there yet. But another year or two, it'll be half the league that's gone 20 years without going to the Rose Bowl. So it's easy to say that because there's a lot of truth to it because there are a lot of teams living that. Stanford doesn't, even though it hasn't been very long, they don't look very close to going back. Yeah, I had a Stanford guy reach out to me and say that very same thing. You know, enjoy it while you can. And I had uh, my buddy Jason Reed, who works for ESPN, he got in touch with me. Enjoy it while you can, buddy. Now he was (laughs) kind of, he's an SC grad. He's toying with you. So he was... uh, he was he was like flexing his SC muscles, so to speak. Like, uh, like we'll be back, and he's a hardcore SC fan. 
but you never know. That That's why it's a legitimate question. Is this thing something that's sustainable? You hope for the program and the people involved that it is. And right now, as we sit here this morning, on this rainy morning in Los Angeles, California, I believe it is sustainable. So this is the sixth time in seven full seasons, I'm obviously setting aside last year when they only played five games, that Kyle's led the team to nine wins or more. Now, it's only the first time they've gone to the Rose Bowl, so if the Rose Bowl's your standard, and I suppose, you know, with a 12-team playoff coming, we're going to have new standards all over the place. Uh, but can, can Kyle lead a team to nine or ten wins? Well, they're averaging about nine and a half wins over the last seven full seasons. So I don't see why that's going away. And as he told you, every three years, they've gotten better. It's clear. So he's got something to build off of now that he hasn't had before. At some point, every coach loses it. Bobby Bowden didn't lose it until he was, you know, almost 80. So it's nothing lasts forever. But I don't see why the wheels would be coming off right now. You know, the day Kyle walks away, then all bets are off because the head coach has a massive impact on a college football program. There's a reason that they're paying coaches six, eight, and now ten million dollars a year. They have a massive impact. But it seems like the arrow's up. It seems like he's having more fun than ever. Why not go through another one of these cycles and see how far you can take it? I think they can take it very far. And I do think that it should continue. I think the onus is once he steps aside is that you get somebody who knows what they're doing and understands the program. It's never been easier to hire a quality coach at the University of Utah football program. Never, ever. It's never been easier. You don't have to take a fly on somebody. You can get somebody who absolutely knows what he's doing, whether that's from within or from without. And that remains to be seen. I don't know which direction Harlan would go with. I mean, obviously, when you're firing a coach, you're most likely to go from without. So we look at the basketball program. He went from without because they were firing a coach. Kyle, barring the absolute, completely, 100% unforeseen, will not be fired. He will quit on his terms because he's done. He wants to do other things with his life, which he has spoken about extensively uh, on and off the record. So it's no surprise to anybody he does have stuff that he wants to do with his life his father died at 64 that that is a lifelong life-altering situation with him and so he doesn't want to be probably nobody does wants to be dead at 64 right and and Kyle's father that's that's what happened it was a shock at the time I remember it vividly I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news uh, about Fred senior passing uh, when he was in, uh, basically on the operating table, so to speak. And Kyle doesn't want to do that. So that time is going to come in fairly short order. But I don't know, what, what Harlan, would he go in? Would he go out? I don't know. I don't know what, about that situation. But the onus, if he's the guy pulling the trigger on that, the onus is going to be on him to hire somebody who can keep this thing going. And as I sit here today, knowing that things change, I see no reason why it can't continue to keep going. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles joins us this morning. He'll do that at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, about 35, about 40 minutes from now, right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. 
Let's do it. He covers Ohio State for The Athletic. Bill Landis. You know, there are people on the Michigan side questioning Ohio State's toughness. And, and one of their assistant coaches, I, I believe, said that Ohio State was, was kind of a soft, finesse team. And obviously, that's never something you want to hear somebody say about your program. So I'm interested to see if there's carryover from that going into this Rose Bowl. Because we all know that, that Utah wants to play the same kind of way. They, they want to play a physical brand of football. And Ohio State just kind of got challenged a little bit by Michigan. And, you know, I guess that can go one of two ways. They can just kind of roll over and kind of end the season and not, not worry much about putting up a fight. But I would say there's some pride in the line for Ohio State, too, because I don't think they want to go out in a fashion where it's, you know, back-to-back games where you're getting pushed around like that. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. fifth annual Black Friday sale. It's been extended throughout December at Davis Vision. If you're tired of glasses or contacts, get LASIK now and save 1400 bucks. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Seems it never rains in Southern California. What's it doing right now, PK? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Training like crazy, man. <laughs> it is raining so hard. It, it, I lived here for many, many years, and I don't know that I've ever seen this kind of rain. It pours, DJ and Yak. Man, it pours. It's just and trying it's to get it out of right its now. system before it clears up for you. For it's exactly what it's doing. It's yeah. been raining for most of the last week, I think, from what this I've heard. Sierra Nevada has gotten absolutely pounded. Sure, uh, but that's a little bit to the north. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. So <laughs> Dylan Colley, obviously, has been joining us all season long talking BYU. We were texting back and forth. He was stuck in Sacramento for an extra couple of days. They had to drive down to Vegas to get home. They could not get through the passes. Donner Pass closes all the yeah, time. They just couldn't get through. Yeah. He was stuck in Sacramento for two extra days, he said. That was intense and up there, but we expect that. Yep. Sure. Yes. Uh, Donner Pass closing. It's news, but it's not surprising news. You need right. to know it when it's closed, but it <coughs> yeah. happens all the time. And we saw uh, Tahoe get records amounts of record amounts mm-hmm. of snowfall here recently. Uh, as long as it's cleared up uh, July 12th, I think it is, I'm scheduled to see Chesney in Tahoe. By the way, I'll need off that day, guys. Okay. So mark, mark that down. He's playing I thought I was going with you. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, right on, man. <laughs> you and I'm riding shotgun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but the amount of rain here right now is very impressive, and it will clear up because God is a Pac-12 fan. And he or she, depending, or, you know, whatever your pronouns are, I don't want to be offensive these days, that uh, it will be sunny. But for today, if you were planning on going to the beach today, I would advise against it. (laughs) (laughs) 
See, that's the deal with different spots on the coast. Because I had someone who lived in Portland tell me that that is the time to go to the beach because you rent a, you rent a house or whatever in Astoria and you watch the the storm comes with huge surf and it throws these. 50, 60 foot tall trees that have, uh, you know, the hillside erodes and the trees fall in and it throws them up on the beach. And apparently it is spectacular. Haven't ever done it, but I've heard it's awesome. Yeah. And I would do that when I lived here. You can go to Redondo because Redondo has a big pier that is like a circle. So you can it's just not a straight thing out. So you can get out there. Right, and you can see those things, and and sometimes the waves will come splashing up and whatnot, little uh, splash zone as if you're at SeaWorld. But I don't know that today's that day because it is raining so hard (laughs) that I don't know that you would want to be out there. That's like when it's storming as opposed to the literal storm coming down all day as it is right now and driving in last night. It was uh, very difficult. And for those of you making the drive, okay, you're going to go down I-15, and then you're going to get in the gorge, and then in the Arizona area, they're doing bridge work. So that thing is going to take another hour. Then when you get out of Vegas and try to go into California, they've moved the thing where they have, do you have any fruits and vegetables? No, keep going. Well, it used to be further in the state now it's virtually at the border and that is another hour back up of course when you get there no one's there and you just drive right through but everyone's got to uh, slow down to go through it gets so yes. narrow and then coming down the pass with the weather being what it was at least last night and there was about two inches of visibility uh, and it was jammed both ways and then you get in the basin, and it was still raining super hard to where, you know, you got some ding-dongs who got the big trucks, and somehow they think they're more manly. And so they go hauling down. And throw and water all over the place, y- and visibility yeah, and goes it, right in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it totally just blocks your windshield. And then, of course, you got all the big diesel trucks that are out there doing their thing, and you're dodging them. So it was, you know, a nice... Uh, Six-hour drive that took over nine hours. Yeah, I was pretty pleased about that. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't look like it's going to let up at all today. In fact, right now, it looks like it's even harder rain than it was uh, yesterday. Uh, They kept saying, uh, uh, oh, you're going to wake up to one to three inches of snow in St. George. Well, I spent some time in St. George earlier in the week. Yeah, I woke up every day, and there was nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, not a flake. So they missed on that. So I'm always a little apprehensive about all that stuff, particularly in areas that don't normally get it. Well, here today, no, they are getting it, and it is coming down big time. So but, whatever, if, yeah. if your plans are going to have to be indoors. And I don't know about flying, if that's going to be an issue. The, for, the forecast for a week now has been rain through Thursday, partly cloudy on Friday, and then clear on Saturday. So now that's, that's been both days. pretty consistent and great if the clouds get out even sooner. But the point is the thing has to, a little bit of time to dry out. I don't know. Have they put in state-of-the-art drainage in, uh, in Pasadena? I mean, they've got that down to an art form now in other places. I don't know what they've done in Have in you that ever stadium. seen the weather impact the Rose Bowl? It's not going to this time. Nice! 
No, it's just blue skies, green grass. Blue skies starting tomorrow. I will be at the South Bay beaches topless. <laughs> I'm going to Uncle Bill's tomorrow. Race down there after the show. Order myself about 5,000 calories worth of breakfast food. And then I walk the strand because you got to walk it off. Absolutely. <laughs> All those carbs. <laughs> French toast, throw the syrup on top. Of course, I'll have the scrambled eggs. Yeah, man, they're so big that actually my wife and I just split them, and she's down here with me on this trip. And uh, so I don't know if we'll have time to do that uh, because of having to do the show. I do it when we're on vacation because I'm not doing the show. And we're, uh, you know, we're the media hotel is downtown, so that would be a little bit of a jaunt, although I'd be going against traffic. Somebody asked me here, I think I saw on Twitter, uh, are there, if you have local knowledge, is there ways to negotiate the freeways? There is to an extent, but you're still going to hit traffic unlike, and I keep laughing. I saw it just the other day about how Utah's begun to come another California or another Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe in the year 10,000, 10,000, uh, but until then, no. <laughs> Our little traffic jams that we have, although can be a pain in the butt, are nothing to like they have here. Plus, when you compound it with the weather, freeways aren't going to be going very fast today. But all that stuff is going to clear out, and it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day to be a Ute. My only tip for Southern California traffic is use SigAlert.com. S-I-G, like signal. SigAlert.com. And they update all the freeways and got them all color-coded. So as, the, uh, as, as any freeway starts to turn into a parking lot, it'll go to yellow and it'll go to red. And as it jams, it'll go back. And that way you don't have to guess, well, should we go this way or should we go that way? And you look and say, hey, look, all ways are terrible. So let's just keep doing what we're doing. Oh, yeah. You can just do that on your phone now. Just type in your destination and, and it'll show you. It'll show you where an accident is and... I mean, we had it uh, coming in uh, I-15. It has to get off the freeway for a couple of uh, a few miles because there's the traffic. I mean, the, the stuff, the phone will cover all that stuff now. And if you're if you're driving down, if you're already here, I don't know that you're listening, but if you're home uh, and you're listening and you're driving down, be prepared. Get on the road. Get going. And it's going to be a long drive. I don't have a TV career anymore, so I won't say, hey, be safe and be careful, because I don't know what we would do if TV people didn't tell us, be careful and be safe and drive slow and allow plenty of distance between you and the next car. I mean, where would we be without the TV people telling us how to drive, Dave? You'd have even more wrecks. That's what you'd have. <laughs> oh, they do that. Okay, I got it. You walked me through it, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I just don't think that stuff sticks. I think radio people need to say that because people are actually behind the wheel, and that's the moment. Like, take your foot off the gas right now. You know you're tailgating. Knock it off. It needs to be right at the moment. It can't be 10, 20 minutes later. I don't think it sticks. Where's I off. just got this actually tip from somebody. Say, hey, listen to PK talking about traffic. He said, there's a construction in the gorge. Take the old Highway 91 through Santa Clara and bump around and then connect up when you get down to Mesquite. 
But yet it tells you not to go that way. It still tells you to go through I-15. I know a couple of people who went down to the Pac-12 title game who actually used that because of the gorge was shut down due to some accidents. They said it actually saved them quite a bit of time. So if it is having issues in the gorge, might be an option. Well, okay, but an accident can bring everything to zero miles per hour. So I get why that'd be quicker. PK's point was there was construction, so there was slowing, but you weren't down to zero. Yeah. But you weren't doing freeway speeds either. Option in case anybody's driving. Yeah, and to go, and I've taken that way, and that will add some time, but at least you won't have the frustration of the constant stop and go. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be uh, that easy. And plus, just going through Vegas these days is jammed. Anyway. Oh, Vegas is like another L.A. <laughs> well, it's a snapshot. The thing about L.A. is it's everywhere for dozens of miles. Yeah. Vegas is just like two little freeways. <laughs> you can go that 93 out to Reno and that that thing. And, that, of course, that that has never not been under construction. <laughs> I mean, that literally has been under construction for 20 years, it seems. And I don't think it's changed. And then I read something in the Review Journal where going out of Vegas to go into California, it's just ridiculous. And it's like this. Unless you go at 2 in the morning. It's jammed at all times. And I read, well, the Nevada people say, yeah, California's going to have to do something about it. And the California people say, hey, Nevada, come on, man. Let's go do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> and now that Harry Reid is gone, I don't think we have the power to do anything about it. Not happening. It's yeah. just going to remain a four-lane road. Yeah, so that was somewhat frustrating, although I was prepared for it. But nevertheless, it was frustrating. Bullet train, people. Let's get Vegas to Victorville. Let's get this going. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Who can do that? Can you do that? I can't. I would have already done it if I could. Can your people do that? (laughs) My people. Yeah. (laughs) Let me confer with my people. Well, your party's in office now. Can can we get stuff going? Nope. Why not? It'll be filibustered. Not happening. So you're blaming my people. Nothing happens no matter whose people are in charge. Have you not been paying attention? Nothing happened. No, no. About five years ago, nothing. I turned off the television, and I never turned it back on. Well, good news. Since then, almost nothing's happened. So, there you go. <laughs> a lot of blame going on, though. That's the one thing that's been <laughs> happening. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of blame. <laughs> your fault. No, and, your one, fault. And, and one infrastructure bill that didn't have a bullet train from Vegas to Victorville for the convenience of Vegas and L.A. residents. And we need that? Sure, absolutely. Get people off the road. You ever ridden a bullet train? It was pretty cool. I did one time. Well, I guess twice because it was a round trip I've, in I Japan. Mean, I've ridden one in Taiwan. and It's pretty cool, huh? Pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I haven't been to Japan. I haven't been to Taiwan. I haven't been to Europe. So la-di-da to you two. Let's go, PK. Well, I mean, I don't make you the can't. Kind of money. He can't. He's going to Tahoe. Man. I was going to say Tahoe's going to get in the way, isn't it? He's, he spent all his travel and money going to concerts. I, I just don't have the cash that you guys have. Well, not after all the concerts. At yeah, the bucks cash pop. over here. <laughs> I'm hitching to Tahoe. I'll be out on that I-80. That sounds like a Chesney song. He's got the thumb out on I-80. Let's go. <laughs> I used to hitchhike when I was in college. I didn't have a car. I hitchhiked around Phoenix all the time. I hitchhiked. The longest I ever hitchhiked was from Flagstaff to Phoenix. I got out on the freeway and uh, stuck my thumb out and was there for about five minutes before I got picked up. I'd always get picked up. My brother-in-law's brother, so he wasn't my brother-in-law, but he's my brother-in-law's brother, and he's in Phoenix, 
and he and he was visiting, and he wanted to go to California. So we drove to the outskirts of town on I-10 and just left him. And he was going to hitch to L.A. And back then, we I can remember vividly, we thought nothing of it. Thought, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's real. And they're going to drop him, dropping him off. He got out, and it was right by where the, the freeway started on, on the way. It's, it's a lot different now, but anyway, that's where it was then. And he hitchhiked. And we drove, I drove off, and there he was with his thumb out. Good luck, dude. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> well, it was like, yeah, see you, bye. Like you were dropping him off at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't think of doing that now, no. right? No. Yeah, and I did it. I did it extensively because I, I was in college, and I had to get – my parents were on the north side, and I had to get to Tempe. So I had a ride in the mornings. This was summer school. I had a ride in the mornings. But the person had labs and stuff, so I was done. I always took summer school because I had to work throughout the whole time, so I always took at least two or three classes in the summer. And then when I was done, around noon, I'd hitch back on 110 degrees, and I thought nothing of it. Now, oh my gosh, that would just seem outrageous. You don't even see hitchhikers out there anymore. At least I don't. Maybe you guys do, but I don't see them out there. No, actually, if you're standing on the freeway with your thumb out, the cops will pull over. It's no pedestrians on the freeway and all that kind of stuff. So, Oh, yeah, that was funny because yesterday when we were out probably about a half hour outside of Vegas, on the uh, coming into Vegas, we saw two guys riding bikes. I mean, and not like, you know, were there cyclists? No. The one guy looked like he had his life uh, belongings on his back. And they were riding bikes off to the side. And I commented to my wife. I said, I'm surprised that Highway Patrol hasn't kicked them off. You need to be on a state highway. You need to be on a two-lane road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they both, they looked like they had had some hard times physically. And they were on bikes. And they were at least, at least 40 miles away from entering the city. And I'm thinking, man, wow, you don't see this very often. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is coming up in 20 minutes. More on the Rose Bowl next. Stay with us. It's official. The youths are the 2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the youths to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the youths' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the youths in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 at the next Utah Jazz Game where there are free Papa Shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, and taking in the game and socializing with friends. PK, I'm here to save the people time, to make your life more effective and more efficient, and to not waste precious moments. That's why you get out of bed each day. To waste time? No, to save people. <laughs> so we've today's got nickname, we've got a nickname for you around the studio that we don't ever share when you're there. And I oh, can't really? say it. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm here now, so don't say it. Although you're not here now, so you could say it. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I won't do it. I, I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass you. Thank you. 
I don't know why you're going to start with that policy now. It hasn't it's been a, a problem. <laughs> it's not yet, actually. It's December 30th. Hey, do you know whose birthday is today? LeBron's. He is 37 years old. And who else is having a birthday today? Tiger Woods and Riley Jensen. Tiger Woods is 46 today. Yeah. I think Riley shares his birthday, too. I think he texted us one time. Nice. All right, so happy birthday, all those folks. So you got the uh, question up. Are these the good old days for Utah football, or are there more to come? And immediately, people, more cougar tear trolling. (laughs) How so on this one? I don't have any idea. I can't explain why. I just know that every time we put it up there, and then you got the other post you put up, uh, how bad is Oregon? Oregon was down 30-3 to to Oklahoma at halftime. 47-32 final looked a little better, but that thing was over in the second quarter when Oklahoma scored 24 unanswered points. How bad is Oregon? Are you trolling for likes? So literally, no matter what you put up, someone is going to put trolling on it. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, if I worried about all the... Literally, uh, every take, it has no impact anymore. It has been beaten into the ground and shredded. It's just a default for whoever doesn't like it, and there's always somebody who doesn't like something. So, save your time. It It doesn't have any impact. Well, not on me. I mean, if I worried about that stuff i would have shriveled up in a corner years ago i mean come on there were, i got I, go ahead. I got something here on twitter uh i'm looking at it some guy named uh, john glenn must be his hero the astronaut and it, i put the thing and they put it up uh on ksl and it's just it's still in the top three or four and it has been i'm i told my wife plan their vacation around the world because i'm just gonna <laughs> i mean it's obliterating all records and this guy, and so Ohio people are now starting getting a hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother trip on the uh, roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah. And this dude uh, just uh, tweeted at me. Uh, I, I, I have to make sure I eliminate their, their profanity here because uh, we can't say that on the air. And, you know, what a bleep article for clicks. Expecting these guys who are about to make millions to risk it all because you have some nostalgic feelings about the granddaddy Rose Bowl is a load of BS. Yeah, okay. I'm a nobody, but we just had on Lincoln Kennedy, big fella, and we got Kirk Herbstreet. It ain't about a little old PK here. It's about guys who played the game. I never put hat on hat. I never had a chip block. I never put my fingers in the dirt. I think it's and even bigger than their nostalgia, though. And, and bigger than right. Lincoln Kennedy? He's six six three fifty. <laughs> He's a mountain of a man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why his jersey is hanging, or the replica, or however they do it, is hanging up there. What do they have? A banner with his number on it in Washington? Oh, they got a whole like him in action. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's huge on right. the side of the stadium. But yeah. but the thing, and certainly there is a certain amount of their fandom mixed in their takes and in your takes and in my take and anybody else's take, but you can't ignore the fact that this, this game was really important to the sport. This has helped grow the sport. It's helped make everybody money. There are sports that at one time were popular, and nothing goes away, but those sports, boxing, horse racing, they're not as popular. You know, this has been... This has been like a pillar of college football. It's been really important to the growth of college football and romancing the game and turning uh, people into legends. I mean, Keith Jackson for saying it's the granddaddy. 
It's the way he oh, yeah, talked. Yeah. It's the, you know, that and fumble, you know. Now, he's got a million expressions, like the late John Madden had a million expressions, but there's a couple things people hold on to. And the Rose Bowl has been important to the history of the sport. Yes, it's a little bit of the old man nostalgia back in my day. Sure, that's part of it, but that's not the biggest part of it. It's obvious the sport has sold itself off of this. The city of Pasadena has sold itself off this. All the growth and the migration to California has been sold off of this. This has been a big deal. And to not want to play in it, to ignore that that's happening for the first time, come on. You're not being realistic. <laughs> you, are, you are so up in the night. You're a troll. I get called a troll 20 times for everything. That one question, which is what you wrote your column off of, how sad is it that several Ohio State players are opting out of playing in the Rose Bowl? Uh-huh. The Rose Bowl's a big deal. And I can go into the analytics on Twitter and see that my average tweet during a jazz game gets three or 4,000 uh, impressions. And, what's, what's an impression? Uh, so someone looks at it. Someone sees it. I've got 20,000 followers, right? So They're like not a page view. Yeah, essentially. It would be a page view for Twitter, an impression. Okay. And so then, uh, but if I'm, if I'm doing Rose Bowl stuff, it's getting 8,000, 9,000 impressions. The question, how sad is it that several Ohio State players are opting out of playing in the Rose Bowl? 109,000 impressions. <laughs> Never in my wildest <laughs> dreams, when I put that up there, did I think uh, I was going to get over 100,000 impressions. And you're right. It's like that was days ago. It's still getting it because as people retweet it, because it is sad to a lot of people. And a lot of people also think, well, it's not sad so much. It's like it's a sign of the times. And it may not be great, but we should all adjust to it because it's unrealistic to ask, to ask this kid who has clicked on YouTube and seen Jake Butt get hurt, has clicked on YouTube and seen Willis McGahee's knee blow up, <laughs> and to have potential agents saying, what are you doing? I can get you $10 million or $15 million or whatever. It's unrealistic to think anybody's going to walk away from 5 or $10 million nor should they. To play in one game. So we, we get that, but that doesn't mean it isn't sad. That doesn't mean it isn't a change. Right. That doesn't mean yeah. that it isn't important to the history of the sport. And nothing lasts forever. Man, there was a time when baseball was a national pastime. Now it's the second or third most popular sport in the country, depending on where you are in the country, probably, and how your team's performing. Um, and, and there's, you know, tennis isn't what it used to be. Horse racing isn't what it used to be. This stuff matters. And the Rose Bowl... It's mattered big time. It, it's the foundation of the sport. It, it's been so good for college football. <laughs> it has been so good. And they have four players walk away at the same time and say, it's not a good idea for me. And this column has been so good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like when I, I'm getting ripped from both sides or all sides. Then you know. I could never, when we're retired and done and I'm looking at this, I could never put trolling up there because I know. That everybody who's writing anything interesting is getting hit with that 20 times. It, like, it doesn't matter anymore. No, you're really right on and, that. And people don't understand that. Like, literally, you can put something up. If you put up something about Utah that many people will perceive positively and many people will perceive negatively, you can get ripped by the Utes and Cougars at the same time. You're sucking up to those guys. Well, that's when you know when you're doing your job. <laughs> there is some truth to that. There is. Uh, All right, DJ PK, we got to take a break because Joe Ingles is coming up on the other side. Stay with us.